friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my dad, my son, and co-host, mm, Alex Dandino. That's the only <laughs> British way I can do it. All right, guys, before we start today, a little business. Please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app. Helps us out a lot. Helps us grow the show, find new audience. We appreciate those of you who do it. It warms the cockles of our hearts every time we see one. Uh, thank you, guys. Also, please go over to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist, and subscribe. You can see video versions of these podcasts and some cool projects we're working on. Uh, hopefully, we'll be popping up there before you know it. So get on it. Uh, find us on all the social media that you're on. Uh, we love communicating with you guys. It always is fun for us. Let's us know what kind of stuff you want to hear about, and that helps us make the show the show you want. Uh, in that vein, you can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Uh, with ideas of movies you'd like to hear on the show, whether it's new, old, double features, themes, guest hosts you want us to reach out to, anything like that, guys. December, we just did a whole month of stocking stuffers, so we hear you. We're uh, we're always here, so send us those uh, requests, and we will do our best to get to them. Also, if you find any of our social media sites, we have a link on our uh, pages that will lead you to a store where you can get a sweet Film Alchemist shirt. Uh, it is so soft and so delightful. Uh, hook it up, man. Please. No way. Our beautiful faces will make you want to stop time and admire us. All right. So <laughs> this January, we're starting off our new year. Never have we needed to blow the stench of a previous year out more than we did this year. 2020, be gone. Uh, 2021, we decided we're going to start off fresh. Uh, the pod makes a resolution. So I hope you listened to our episode on thinner about losing weight. Uh, today, we'll be spending more time with friends and family in a little film called About Time. Uh, my wife loves this movie. One of her probably five favorite films of all time. I love watching this movie with my wife. We just sit and cry and then like we always spend an hour afterwards talking about life and making our lives better and what life means to us. It's a, it's a weird, it's probably one of the least cynical films that I would say makes my top films list uh it doesn't feel like something i would like but there's enough kind of genre in it and just amazing fucking actors being so charming you can't help but but crumble beneath about time alex your initial thoughts on about time this is also one of my favorite movies i am with amy uh, yeah i mean to me it's a five-star flick yeah it's, it's amazing it's hard to begrudge it anything to be honest with you it's it's about family. It's about the beauty of life. It's about finding your bliss. Like all these things that we really need right now. And yeah, my oh, wife and yeah. I, my <laughs> wife and I always, yeah, my wife and I sit on the couch, watch it, sob hysterically, especially at the very end with the dad and the, the son. Unbelievable. I'm Fucking done. Hell. And then, uh, you know, we talk, we also talk about oh, life so wonderful. And then we go to bed and we wake yeah. up the next day like, God damn it, something pissed me off. But I do yeah. have that brief moment of bliss <laughs> with this wonderful fucking movie that I cannot wait to talk about. Yeah. And it's weird because I feel like I have, but I don't remember watching it since, probably not since I had my youngest son, Logan, who's three. And it is such a wildly different movie once you, it's a movie that ages with you really well yes. through various phases of your life, right? 
And so me and my wife do. We have that like, we got to spend more time together with the family. Those little moments sitting in the sun together. That's what it's about. But then also I'm like, you know, everyone's clapping cheeks with Margot Robbie, right? <laughs> She's like, what? And like, so we fight too. We fight over right, the movie. Well, you have but to say what like, I, what would you go back yeah. and do? Like beat cheeks with Margot Robbie? Yeah. I was like, number one, Margot Robbie for sure. <laughs> and drugs. All the that's what I told you. I think his rules are flawed, right? Day one, that's for living life. Day two, that's for living a better life. Day three, drugs. <laughs> like, so I would live every day three times and just have like the total Hunter S. Thompson third run at it where I'm just like, fuck this world. Woo! But <laughs> um, what I love about this movie, too, is it, it is one of those. It's again, it's it's hard for me because I, I feel like I'm a pretty cynical bastard a lot of times. Same. And I am almost allergic to allergic to movies that are too saccharine. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this has to be about as saccharine as a movie could possibly be. Right. I mean, this is all good vibes. It's a straight up love story. Like it is I mean, all it about. It absolutely is. And I don't know how they pull me. It is. It's it's just it's so well done. And then again, I think there's that little genre thing that I everyone who listens to this show knows. I love any movie that gives me a wild hair so I can yeah. run off and pontificate and say nonsense about I mean, what this I one has one of the best, the you know, I mean, it's the let's talk about right up front. The time travel, right? Yeah. If the movie has an enormous issue, it's that, of course, this gift works when you're just a fucking rich white guy, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah, of course you can just fucking take time to read Dickens and whatever because right. you live in a fucking of course seaside this, of castle. Of course this White's family is completely isolated from the rest of the world in Cornwall. Yeah. Oh, like, for sure. And the most science fiction thing is that we never saw the servants and butlers in that house. But so it's easier for them to be like, hey, stop and smell the roses. Some guy's like, hey, fuck you. I'm on the way to the mines. Yeah. You know, I got six fucking kids at home that are starving to death. So once so you get past the elitism yeah. of the concept... Well, not only that, get past the uh, the fucking rich white guy elitism. Like when he's like, what would you do with? Because I love the, the laying out of the time yes. travel in the world. That's right? a great scene in and of itself. When he's, uh, you know, well, what what would you do with it? And he's like, money, obviously. And he's like, oh, mixed bag. Very I wouldn't recommend bag. it. He says in his fucking castle, the library of his castle, his seaside castle. He's like, you don't really need that much money. Hey, fuck you. Well, that, <laughs> Are you no, kidding no, The me? line was, and this is always the thing is. And I was sitting there laughing. I'm like, this, I mean, th I think that's the charm of this movie too, is like, he's clearly talking about himself. Like, there's no way he's not. But when he's like, when he says like, well, obviously first thing money, he goes, very mixed bag, left your uncle completely meanless. I can tell yeah. you, I've never met a genuinely happy, rich person. I'm like you, yeah. you, 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 you. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's the thing. Not only that, but it's also like, oh, great grandpappy wolford or whatever the fuck his name is that guy was a miserable fucking time traveling rich bastard Everybody's so that you could then be the yeah you could be the fucking ping pong fun guy <laughs> if the movie had a second thing that drove me nuts it's like they're all too cool and hip and charming like i love them all so much that oh, it yeah. makes me like, bill, like i don't trust him bill nighy <laughs> this might be my favorite bill nighy role like he's yeah he's un oh He's unchartable. He's unchartable. cool. 
unchartable. I can't even say the word. He's unchartable. You should go back in a closet and do better. It's impo- <laughs> He's impossibly cool. We'll put it. He's. Oh, I mean, it's ridiculous. And not only that, again, like that scene where he lays out the rules are very. It's very good because like they're very simple rules to follow, and I think this is always the thing that people get into with time travel movies. And what's nice is this is this love story. It's a basically a rom com disguised as a time travel movie which is nice so the rules are very simple it's literally like go in a closet dark place clench your fist and you'll go back to like think of where you want to go and you'll be there like there's that's a very simple concept very simple thing obviously like you and i are big fucking nerds so like as soon as later in the movie something happens where we're like whoa 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 hang on once we have like divergent timelines and all this other stuff like i there's there's a problem here but you're so engrossed in the emotional and the general well-being of these people, it almost it kind of doesn't matter. Like I can just tell you personally, yeah. it does not matter to me. Like it becomes no. that thing. And routinely well, when we watch weird these movies, because what other time travel movie has so many paradoxes that don't add up? And you'd be like, yeah, I'll accept that. Well, I mean, like, I still of hear people talk shit about like the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but I still hear people talk shit about. I don't think the photograph would work that way in Back to the Future. Like, oh, so just because she sucks face with her son, the top half of Billy Sr. I was like, dude, fuck off. Fuck off. Like, that's a ticking clock. It's not a photo. Anyways. And again, I'm I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. So we've kind of gotten used to, I think that's the greatest time travel property ever. Sure. But there's a lot of stuff that, oh, it's been the rules, wibbly, wobbly, timey-wimey, right? That's what they always say. So you get used to a little bit, right? What I think this movie does extremely well is that it focuses so far down on the the. It, it takes time travel not as this. I can go back and fix the world, right? Like he even says, like I can't kill Hitler, or shag Helena Troy. Right. I can just go to places I remember, right? And so the movie becomes these weird. It's almost like <laughs> it is strange. The movie has a really creepy undertone to it a lot of times, right? <laughs> Where it is almost like each of these fucking rich white guys has their own pocket universe where we're all just playthings and fee right. for them. There right? definitely is like a weird like pawn on the chessboard thing where they're all just like yeah. sitting over there watching. And I agree. That is always one of those prevailing sentiments I've had, which is watching this movie. And I'm like, I find them all so charming and wonderful. But holy shit, the power they wield, like they could pretty much just do whatever. But that goes back to the question like what timeline are we in are we in tim's timeline are we in bill nighy's timeline what timeline are we on but right it doesn't matter because i'm enjoying and the, the whole movie. like yeah you can't travel past your child because of the sperm blah 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 even though they do uh none of that makes any fucking sense no but they set it up because bill nighy says it in a way that you want to believe him yes and because again they focus the time travel down they're not trying to accomplish grandiose goals no. right like, I think he even kind of mocks me. He's like, well, if I could just get a girlfriend, he's like, whoa. No. He's like, yeah, no. the mother. And, he, you know, to, to him, that's a really huge deal. But he's not trying to, like, solve World War Three or whatever. No. He just is trying. Because what the movie asks us to do, right? And, again, it's it's the rich white person pretension of the end, which is, you know, I don't even use my fucking time travel gift because my life is so awesome. And I'm so awesome at being rich and white and just having healthy kids in a great house. Like, I don't even need to time travel because everything's fucking swell for me. And you're like, well, all right. Because, again, I think all time travelers in films, you inherently have to be sad or unsatisfied, right? Like a really happy, like my wife would not time travel. She 
just as a happy person by nature. And she wouldn't risk our kids or our dog or, you know, like she sees those things as blessings and wouldn't risk them. Right. right. Whereas people who are unhappy are like, oh, fuck, if I could go back to sixth grade, you know, I would have started plowing the right people. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm, I'm a fucking president. Like those are unhappy. <laughs> the people who want more and more and more. Right. They never get enough. They're the unhappy time travelers. Right, right? Yeah. This movie kind of does that. Right. Because, again, they're so fucking rich and protected that they can just fucking waste time and waste their gift doing stupid shit. Right. <laughs> and but, you know. That works really yes. well. Like, this is I'm the, not trying to say that it doesn't work. Right. I think that's the crazy <laughs> thing about the movie is like it. This is the like genius of Richard Curtis and the way he wrote this movie is that the movie should be about the implications of time travel and how like you can oh, yeah. irrevocably ruin your life regularly by doing something like this. The things that Tim does routinely ruin other people's lives. Like this is something that happens like. <laughs> Like, I'll, like, great example. In the beginning of the movie, so Tim moves to London to become a lawyer, and he lives with um, Tom Hollander, who uh, is a playwright in the movie. Mm-hmm. So Tom Hollander has this big opening night, and an actor forgets a critical line that pretty much torches the whole premiere. So Tim uses his power to go back in time and gives Richard Griffith, who, RIP, this was apparently was his last role on screen, tells Richard. Oh, really? That yeah. sucks tells Richard Griffiths like hey here's your line and he realizes it was the wrong actor that he gave the line to it was supposed to be Jonathan Price or not Jonathan or, Price or this is one of the weird things the movie asked me a couple times is is time actively combating these fucking rich white ginger gods <laughs> when because this is something the movie had to ask me right so he meets the girl in the most fucking teeth grindingly pretentious thing i've ever seen in a film real thing to which my wife's like that absolutely has to be real because it's too dumb to make up it is absolutely real i actually looked it up that the eating in the dark is the fucking stupidest thing ever if if you went there and enjoyed yourself i would use my time travel to fucking burn your seed from there (laughs) like that made me so i would use my time travel powers to burn you alive inside the building because it's too dumb you do not yeah. exist. To, you do not deserve to exist any longer. It's it's baffling. But she's like, that would be kind of cool, right? And I'm like, no. no. I was like, what happens if you have to pee? Or you're like, hey, waiter, can I have another yingling? He's like, hold on while I get my Silence of the Lambs Buffalo Bill Kyle. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Like, what a stupid thing. But so he meets a woman he supposedly loves, right? That's right at the same time that this play happened. Mm-hmm. So he went out on a night when his roommate... Play was opening and he didn't know about that or get an invite. Like, that's strange. So then he goes and tells the guy, hey, don't forget your line, right? What if it's time itself that makes the other actor then forget his line, right? So what if time is kind of adjusting on the fly? I don't know. I, I, I was, Part of me was thinking that because then also when he gets the good review afterwards, right? Because he saves both actors, then gets the good review. What appears below the review, the one review that would draw that guy's eye to get the paper, Kate Moss. Right. So there's a weird time, well, not I think necessarily that's the thing, fighting like, against, but like, like swirling around him. Well, I like that in the movie, time is fluid. Like, that is the thing that I think is most interesting is that while this time travel thing is resolute in that 
these ginger gods just live among us and can play with us mere mortals as much as they please. <laughs> Pick me up, daddy. <laughs> not now, mortal. Not now, damn it. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not now. <laughs> it's insane. Oh, it's insane my that, God. Well, this is another, like, thank God you're, like, a rich white kid that had probably, like, a perfect nanny raising you up. Like, the one question I had in the movie, I was like, God, I wanted uh, – kit kat to have the power yeah like give that power to a messed up person yeah kit kat to me is the lightning rod of the movie because essentially she's just this awesome person who's very sensitive right she has a series of bad events happen to her this guy's treating her like shit and i love the scenes with tom hall gleason and uh what's her fucking name right rachel mcadams yeah rachel mcadams they'll sit there and be like i'm worried about kit kat like i know right black sheep and it's like, God, live your life better, peon. And he's like going back and changing everything. So he has this awesome life. And he just looks at Kit Kat like she's a fucking trash bag person. But I see, right? like, this is the thing <laughs> that I like about the time. Tra- <laughs> it's the thing I like about the time travel in the movie is that it does not extrapolate out to like, oh, God, like, you know, if it like there's no like they've even say them like, butterfly effect and he goes and bill nighy in his very cool way says we haven't toppled any civilizations yet so i'm assuming no like there's obviously like clearly like where he says that of course like someone in tokyo is literally like dying on the street because there is an absolute third world country that his dumb ass will never see on a globe that is just decimated because of his family's (laughs) timeline there is a third world country that just keeps looking to the sky and being like why have you forsaken us ginger god it's just a country full of jobs asking god why yeah just jesus for the love of god but (laughs) i yes obviously there are like this is the crazy thing like we sit here and we talk like yes obviously there are consequences of some kind because those are the kinds of movies we're used to when it comes to time travel like there are consequences to the succession of events there's a butterfly effect there's all kinds of other things there's time dilation everything what i like about about time is that what it does is takes away all those like all those like world ending consequences so to speak Mm -hmm. like rather than it being like skynet instead it's like all right well if you want to save the play you have to give up the girl and then he has to go get not then he has to go find the girl in real life like i think that's the thing the universe brings him the girl that's yeah. the lesson i like the most is well he like chases the universe down i like the lesson and i like the concept in the movie that yeah. well yes this person can travel through time and they can do the things that they want to do and redo their lives as they see fit there's some things that have to be done in real time i that's the kind of thing and like i think too and love this gets back to him being a good guy is because he mostly uses his powers fairly responsibly i think you could say that it is a little creepy because there's the scene when he finds rachel mcadams again right mm-hmm. and she met a guy oh yeah she was she dating doesn't a seem guy enthralled with him but like he's okay like when dom hall gleason gets the info so he can go fucking stalk this party as he leaves the guy that he's trying to subvert with his godlike powers goes i liked him he was a nice guy he goes in travels in time steals that guy's girl and then as he's leaving, the guy was walking into the party and was like, hey, what's up? And he's like, fucking prick. And I was like, oh, my God, the abusive <laughs> godlike facade is I love it. But see, like, yeah. but that's but this is the thing, though, because I think it most shows itself in Kit Kat because the probably my favorite scene in the movie is when 
Kit Kat gets in a bad accident, right? Yeah. A drunk driving accident. And it's really scary. His sister could have died. Right? Uh-huh. And they don't really mention what happens if someone who's not a time traveler dies. Like, that feels like an inroad, right? Yeah. Like, that's all. But if you travel back, they'd still be there. It's very sketchy on death in this film, right? But anyways, he's like, I'm going to go back. He's like, I'll tell you a secret that I've never told anyone. And he's like, you can't ever tell anyone. And we see that he can travel other fucking human beings back, right? So he takes Kit Kat back, and she punches, uh, you know, fucking Jeffy Cheekbones or whatever his fucking name is. Yeah. Whack! They go back into the future, and she's fucking happy. And she's with a man and everything's been good for her, presumably like the decade we've been following him. Right. He goes back home and he's like, don't worry, I still live in a nice house and have a great job and the same wife. He goes in and he has a one year old kid who, instead of being a daughter, is now a son. Mm -hmm. And that's a great scene because the horror of that. Yes. Is startling. But I would argue He's a greedy fucking asshole. He should have fucking settled he's not... for the healthy son. Well, no. He's... He's... Okay, so if you could go back and save your brother from 15 years of torment, substance abuse, getting fucking hurt by some other person, and they're in like a car crash, almost die, and Polly came out and was like this fucking perfect little cherub. He's led this great life. Oh, look at Polly. He's like an Instagram influencer. Great abs. Eats fucking healthy, right? Helps local animal shelters. And you'd be like, well, you know, now my kid's got a, a dinghy instead of a VV. I'll let Polly suffer for 15 years because of the ill-gotten gifts of my chromosomes. That's not. It's insane. Well, but see, like, there's the only consequence. Like, this is the consequence of time travel in the context of this movie is like the love you have for someone can only exist in the unit like the love you have for somebody like to take them into your secret like this take them back in time and then bring them forward and say like hey i'm giving you a better life i'm doing what god would do essentially yeah i'm relieving you of this stress (laughs) i'm taking god's powers into my hands what it is is the only consequence of this movie which is that's fine but the life you knew is going to change in some way and in this case it's your child is a small price to pay so you'd be okay it's a if you small so price you'd to be pay. okay with one of your kids being a girl having uh, you have no memory of them whatsoever you have to relearn who they are well let let me put it to you in the context of the movie right as a father at one your kid is essentially a lumpy mass that's trying to hurt itself all day i know perfectly well, well what the context of the movie is i'm asking you no i'm telling non-kid people right so because people are like oh it's your kid and i'm like well yeah when he comes back that little boy is also his kid so he would, because when she comes back, she immediately knows she has a boyfriend, right? Messy-haired guy. Right. She she knows that. So he would know also that that's his son. So the movie plays it as a horror beat for us because it's really interesting. But in reality, it wouldn't be that big of a deal to him. Then the movie erases the consequence because he's somehow able to go back and change it, which I didn't love that part. I wish he had stuck. I wish he had been stuck with that one consequence. Well, and I mean, yeah, that's probably a flaw, I'd say, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That- but again, I mean, that's not but this movie plays that's as a not pocket what this movie is supposed to be. But when they come be. back and he's like, well, I can't have a, you know, a kid with a dinky instead of a not dinky kid. And all of a sudden he is. goes back and his sister's in the bed and they're staring at her. And she's like, I've got to change my life. I've got to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, finally. Oh, you learned the lesson. It's like the arrogance 
and the horrible selfish bastardness of that all this extra time with mom and dad that he gets because he can fuck it's so hideously cruel i mean i can tell you doesn't let kit kat have that moment to me it hurts me and again i'm not saying that as a flaw because i think humans are messy i think I think people would make that choice. I just was bothered by that. I mean, yeah, I think that it's sure it's problematic, but I also don't think I, I if that happened, I would probably do the same thing if it happened to me. Like, I love my you hear kid. that, Polly. Do you hear that, Polly? Oh, my yeah, God. I like my kid. I, I want to. God like Alex is coming for you, Polly. Watch your back. Exotic Polly Dandino. Watch. <laughs> they don't know it doesn't hurt him. <laughs> said oh, the, the god fuck it doesn't. Oh. she looked like fucking pinhead in there no i mean she looked like a rob zombie character look, but ultimately purple. i think that this is the fascinating thing about this movie and this is the thing that does this is the thing that the movie does so well but beyond uh-huh. anything else is besides making you forget that there's all this like very weird trippy time dilation thing going on you're not really sure what the rules are but you're pretty sure what the rules are you know the mechanism by which they get back in time but you're not sure how the rules work as far as like this is the first time there's a consequence to the rule and bill nye takes him says like oh i did forget to mention this one thing which seemed pretty huge and always bothered me i'm yeah. like whoa he's like don't worry nothing sticks to us teflon whites We're <laughs> except for you might end up changing everything but like yeah <laughs> This is the thing, though. What if like, the movie just ends with like the absolute explosion of the timeline? And Bill Nye, he's like, "Oh God, we did do it!" But the thing that I'm always, the thing that I'm always triggered by, like emotionally in this movie, is that it's always the it's helping people is what Tim spends the movie doing. Like he always wants to help people. Like he helps. He helps himself a lot. He does, of course. When you like, when he just first discovers the power, of course he's going to help himself. Like this is a huge watershed moment. Yeah. He might be able to beat Cheeks with Margot Robbie, and he obviously doesn't. There, that is the part of the movie where I was like, "This is I, my suspension of disbelief has crumbled." <laughs> Because he went back in time, what, three or four times but, to try to, like, make a pass at her? Right. And kept getting caught up on being rude to her friend. But see, there's no possible way he doesn't go through with that and then come back and be like, didn't happen. Alternate timeline. I'm good dude. Neither here nor there. But see, <laughs> the thing is, is that it every time, every time something regarding love, like true love, true universal love is at stake time travel cannot be used and i think that's the thing that makes this movie so resonant emotionally is that there are no show there are no shortcuts in love and there are no short no shortcuts in what people are trying to accomplish from an emotional perspective in this movie like tim learns if he wants to help somebody he's going to have to sacrifice meeting the love of his life if he wants to help kit kat he's going to have to sacrifice giving her the shortcut and therefore having to be, quite frankly, an older brother and look after what her. A fucking chode. Because Oh no, I don't want this perfectly cute other boy, baby. Oh suffer, Kit Kat, suffer for your love of me. <laughs> That's what what was did. she going to learn? I don't know. To fucking be happy and not be roadkill. Jesus. I mean I would say I'm just saying, hey, bros that don't listen to this podcast, my own brothers who don't support me in any way. I would definitely help you out and have a little girl. Okay. Well, now my kids are old enough; it's they're fine. cool. So I'll let Laura know. I mean, me. Logan, whatever their name is now. <laughs> yeah, if you have a one-year-old, you're not. Be honest, you're not that attached to him yet. Come I'm on. gonna tell you right now. 
I was very attached to my one-year-old son. <laughs> you would also be attached to your beautiful one-year-old daughter. Nope. Not yes, the same. You yes, you would. Kurgan Dandina. But I would not have learned. But again, it's a matter of learning <laughs> the lesson in love, which is that you either have to dole out tough love or not get involved I in someone's life. I think the lesson is, is that he never has to fucking deal with anything. And the one moment he could have been nice to because this is what I was telling you. It's still right? weird to the me. He decides to be a lawyer later, of all people. Yeah, that's a good. Well, I mean, that's why he's like matlocking all these cases, I guess. Yeah, exactly. She of says at one point he, he just keeps pulling things out of his ass. So he's using his power for ill because we never find out. I think he's a defense attorney, so he's probably getting criminals off. Well, like, that crazy was OK. Right. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because like oh, it happens at the end of the movie. But like basically Bill Nye, he tells him like how he's lived his life, which is you live yeah. one day normally like everyone yeah. else. And then you live one day to like stop and smell the roses, which is very convenient. So yeah. the day he it's good to be king is Mel so Brooks the day he say. deals with everything. He's a corporate attorney, and the guy gets accused of fraud, and he's like, "Oh darn!" And then he lives the good life, and the guy gets off. I'm like, "Wait!" And then he's is Tim, yes! is Tim a fucking corporate stooge? Oh my god, this is horrible. Yeah, he's like, "You don't the- buy a fucking castle in Cornwall." <laughs> By fucking defending the victims. Every time I watch this movie, it's the one thing that honestly and truly troubles me about this movie. I'm like, I think that Tim's like an Enron guy and gets people off. Like, oh, absolutely. Oh wait, no, he's like he's like a he's like a Tony Tony and Uncle June's a lawyer. He get like he's like I know who these I know what these guys do. He comes home and he's like, it was a bad day, and his wife's like, oh no, do I have to sleep with you? It's a bad day. He's like. Yeah, my new client, Jeffy Epstein, got accused of some crazy <laughs> crimes. But don't worry, I'll save him. And it's like, oh, no, you're not as charming and cute as I thought. <laughs> oh, I was oh. rooting for you until this very moment, you monster. When they when they said that he got that guy off from fraud and he literally, yeah, yes. like he was in the movie Hot Rod. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, I, this movie is full of weird shit like that. So there is that. This is the other thing, right? He can't go back in time and save his sister, right? Because uh, sperm, even yes. though he can undo it afterwards, apparently. Why the fuck can't the dad do it? See, this dad's is- kids are old. He can go back. The dad going back won't affect Dom Hall Gleason's sperm. Well, this so is it's the- one of those. The dad is just like, I'd rather listen to Il Nino <laughs> and fucking not be a dad to my daughter at all. Was the dad in the city when it was happening? It was during the birthday, right? I mean, he, I'm sure he got a call. Hey, your daughter was in a horrific accident after fighting with Jeffy Cheekbones. Um, things are going Jeffy really bad Jeffy for Jeffy Epstein. <laughs> also, she just came home for like three weeks because she's like, my life's really sad and I feel horrible. Right. Um, I want to die. You're like, hey, dad, maybe put down the fucking Dickens you've read eight times <laughs> and fucking help. Right? Like, good Lord, I know she's not a male heir to your fucking God throne, but <laughs> for the love of God, help. There is this, like, yeah, I mean, this is the crazy thing, though, is so that that happens, though. This and yeah. once Tim understands the concept. And she does still end up happy. She does because she ends because up going with Tim's getting goofy off friend. these Enrons and whatever. <laughs> but, like, once that happens, too, this is the thing I like, the, uh, I like about the way the movie's paced is this the turn from time travel as like a mechanism yeah. for fixing problems. 
mm-hmm. almost immediately once the reveal is that like Bill Nye he is dying from cancer, which is like one of by by the way like that ten minute chunk again might be one of my 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 wife it's my my favorite line in the whole movie when they open the door and the mother is like how are you she's like i am furious i am so uninterested in a life without your father like it's my it's andrea's favorite line in the whole movie well i wrote down i'm like that's got to be one of the best lines i've ever heard in a movie one of the best lines of dialogue like honestly i'm fucking furious i'm so uninterested i mean it's just because she's shown as like kind of the hard serious and it's just it it speaks to a level of love yeah uh God, this. And it's, <laughs> I think this is why I've been doing all my cynical uh, jokes is because I was up, really man. worried. I was like, I'm going to cry on this. Oh, pod. yeah. But I mean, this movie, I'm a big time movie crier, and I probably cry about 20 to 30 times every time we watch this. But this, th- that scene in particular, the coming home to the cancer <sighs> stuff, is um, it's horrible, man. And it, that's the stuff about, that's where this movie lands the most, right? Like one of the lines that fucking kills me right is they have these uncle desmond bits right where he can't remember things and when he uh he talks about he's like i don't think your dad's so good and he's like you know on your wedding day your dad said uh he loved me and that was the best day of my life i'm getting choked up talking about it but like those beats right there right like we all have those moments that we can track back in our life somewhere Mm -hmm. right and as a kid whose dad left him like this movie hits me really hard in some of those ways i mean and i think that is what all the time travel stuff, like, you can start talking about, like, wait, is he defending Jeffrey Epstein? Oh, look at how adorable Uncle Desmond is. Like, that's that's <laughs> the beats of the movie yeah. that just, I don't know, because I've always been one of those. You can't really cheat to, like, make someone be moved emotionally to cry. No. Like, I know if a movie's working, because I fucking cry a lot. Yeah. Right? I mean, we, oh God, like, so today I was watching the movie, and... I took my kid for a car ride because we live in Los Angeles, the most infected city in the world. So I don't go outside anymore. <laughs> so I took my kid on a car ride and I, we came home and we were watching, like I paused it. I came home, we watched the back half of the movie and like, he like, like the little, like my kid walked up to me and just like laid on top of me. And I just like, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't do it, man. Like, it was just one of those yeah, things where I was just like. Mm. Well, like, even the funeral scene, right? Where it's like he's at his father's funeral. And, like, the mom pauses to, like, gather herself to be strong for them. And it's like, fucking hell, this is killing me. And he walks back in and is talking to his dad about his own funeral. And you're like, that is such a brilliant use of the the conventions and mechanisms of the movie. But also just a moment of fucking hell like god we've all been at that funeral and just had that one more fucking time if i could have talked to them one more fucking time you know it's in that part of the movie again this is probably the other thing that makes me the most irately mad and again i don't say these things to like say the movie's not good because i mean he says it at the start of the movie right where he's like uh he finds out he's a time driver he's like it's gonna be a complicated day and bill nye says it's gonna be a complicated life which it truly is for all of us, even these fucking ginger gods that use us as fifis. <laughs> but um, when he finds out his dad is dying of cancer, somehow his dad is already dead. Yeah. But somehow can exist and be sentient in his timeline still. They can still play ping pong and whatever. When he goes to have kid number three, I was like, you are the greediest, most selfish little fuck 
that has ever existed in movie history. You tell your wife you have everything under the sun because I defend criminals who are 100% guilty all day, every day. Two kids is enough because she's talking about, oh, we need like our, you know, our, our safety kid. Yeah, in case one of them turns out to be rotten. You're like, no, why don't let's go change the sperm and we'll start again. Like, how dare you? You could have your father for all time, right? And he actually loves you, unlike his daughter. He really cares about you, and you guys have a great fucking thing, man. And, like, when he just caves and says, yeah, we'll have kid number three, I was, I was telling my wife, it's like, I'd go back in time and have a fucking vasectomy and be like, what? I'm pumping nuts. I'm trying as hard as I can here. I don't know. Like, I would do anything I could to keep that man around. I mean, that's and it's, like. It made me so mad. It is frustrating. Like, I'm not going to lie. It is one of the things in this movie that, like, makes me very sad. And it is, in a, like, in a way that makes me upset for the characters. Like, why are you making this decision? Why are you letting her make yeah. call that shot? But, like, and this is the thing that always gets me in this movie. Because, like, I am, I am very close to my dad. So, like, the relationship yeah. between those guys is very similar to the relationship I have with my dad. And, like, it's something that always bothers it's obviously going to bothers me anyways but there is this moment where you realize like bill nighy having known he's gone in the one timeline that tim is living in it's i his 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 acceptance of life moving forward is the thing that always that always gets me, man. It's one of those really beautiful yeah. moments in a movie that like you don't get very often stuff like this no. where these like resonant emotional beats are not accompanied by just like something nonsensical or something that doesn't quite work for you. Like it's it's this really beautiful moment between two people who love each other where you're just like, I'm not gonna be able to see you anymore. I have this great world ending power. And I am absolutely incapable of stopping life from continuing. Like, I think that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing we all wish we could do. Like everyone wants life to be as it was, as it will be, so on and so forth. And the fact that Bill Nighy's character allows the world to spin is, it's heroic, of course, but it's also just gut-wrenching because, yeah, you want to have all the days, man all the days it's yeah and it's it's otherworldly love because it's even a guy who's had so much and has benefited you know on the ill-gotten gains of this gift right (laughs) and there still is a greediness at the core of it which is he is still hanging around somewhat after his death yeah which is kind of an insane theory of the movie and there is a moment of sadness when dom hall gleason shows up for the last ping pong game Mm. And you see the actual fear in his heart, right? For a brief second, he's like, oh, this is it. Because now what the movie's asking me to accept is he's still going to keep existing as he has. But now will Dom Hall Gleason be switched into a pawn Fifi like the rest of us? Because his time traveler days have moved on, right? right? I don't remember. Maybe the third kid was a son. So maybe the universe was forcing this upon him, right? Because it was time to give, he had run out of his. So there is, there, there is a beauty to it. Sure, but it's such a fucking. It just, it makes you. 
It made me irrationally mad at Rachel McAdams' character for no fault but of that, her own. I mean, that's like the crazy thing about them. I agree 100%. I'm like, just like, why? Screaming at the TV Fury. Why are you doing this? Who needs oh, more than two was, kids? Oh, well, dude, I told Amy, I was like, every day he's going to be looking at that little fucker like, you better cure cancer, you little fucking asshole. Like, every day he's going to hate that child, right? And even that, because Amy was like, well, if you went back in time to save your sibling, right, and you came back and had a son, you would spend all your time saying what if about Posey, your daughter. And I was like, or by age three, Posey sucks one day, is shit her pants, and is wiping it all over my face. And I'm like, God, I wonder if that son would have been better and my sister wouldn't have been roadkill. <laughs> you know, So it's like there is a part of this movie that. Of course. It's hard to even assume that mortals could do this, but what they do is because of the monumental and it it feels very, because that's the thing. I think a lot of movies go for these moments and fail because there's some false turd in the the punch bowl, right? Mm -hmm. This is so believably true. It envelops you like a warm hug. Yes. And when he says, I just want to do one more thing and I think we can do it without changing anything. And and this would kill me, too, because my son had a birthday and he's looking older. Right. And mm -hmm. he's you know, I was like, I have a three year old. So I see the stages. I'm like, fuck, he's not like my kid anymore. He's too fucking big. Yeah. He doesn't take naps on me and shit. And you're like, he's running away from me every chance he gets. Right. He's running into his own life. And so when he takes him back and just plays with him on the beach as a kid, it wasn't oh. the table tennis or the little funny dances they do at the wedding when they're like, hey, we're too insufferably hip. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's just this. But those moments, right? even the wedding, the rainy wedding where the cake Beautiful. and the tent explodes, they don't time travel that. Well, they do. Actually, that's a lie. But it's like that beautiful, messy shit that they let exist, mm -hmm. right? Shows you all of these. Those are the most important things. He does cheat because his friend isn't funny enough. Right. Well, he So in theory, he time travels three times to before the wedding to change best men because one of them has like a slideshow props and shit. Yeah. Horrible. And it's crazy. But then even that, you're like, well, that's a weird. So they showed us a messy, awesome moment of life that we all cherish because those are the memorable moments, right? Right. The weirdly messy but poetic and full of love moments, right? And you're like, but then he erases that. But then when his Bill Nye, he hammers it home again. They always bring it back to what's important. When he gives this lovely best man speech to his son, right? And they're on the stairs. and He's just like, I didn't say I love you. I wish I would have said I love you. And he's like, I know you love me. It's implied. He's like, I don't think that's good enough for a wedding day. Yeah. And that's the one time we see him time travel. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that's such a beautiful. That is the beauty of this movie, right? Is to time travel just to say I love you to a son who 100% knows you love him. As he knows he's dead or dying. Okay. That is. But then what's fucked up is he doesn't even say it again in the speech. And so it becomes memorable again. And it's I mean, that's the thing. This movie is just. It's so full of charm and love, and it's it's just one of those movies that I don't know how it works on me. I truly don't know, because this is such a movie that I should because fight with every essence of my cynical black heart, and I just fucking love it's all the time I get to spend with this movie. Because it's all the things we don't look for in movies like this. Like, this is the anti-time travel movie. Like... When we watch time travel movies, when we've watched them before, we watch them for the pod, we watch them just on our own. We watch movies about world ending events, cataclysmic, catastrophic moments. This movie is about people who are time traveling simply to right a couple of wrongs and exist in times 
so that they can read, I don't know, more books upon their ivory tower, which is their business, you know, whatever. Oh, dude. Somebody wants I to. Mean, to be fair, I was like very jealous of that. Yeah. If somebody wants to be <laughs> Jeffy Epstein's like, lawyer while reading on the weekends, that's their business. You. I, I mean, there is a part of me, though, I was like, this could definitely. He's already a pretty morally bankrupt character by the end of this movie. Now he's lost his moral compass and his father. I was like, there's like a Pet Cemetery sequel to this somewhere. You know, there, there's something bad could come down the road. All of a sudden, his son becomes like a time traveling killer. And he's like, that's it. I'm going to time cop his ass. Like, this could go really south on that. Yeah, yeah. Why did time choose this lineage, right? Maybe his daughter gets the power and fights the patriarchy, right? That could work. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? It is funny because the movie's so fucking sweet. But I, as soon as it ends, I was like, oh, this is going to go bad. <laughs> yeah, this isn't going well. <laughs> it is just like. It is with him like just waving to his daughter and you're like, kiss your dad goodbye. It's all going downhill for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a movie that just it a movie it's a movie that exists solely for the purpose of making people do exactly what we talked about at the beginning of the show, which is finish the movie and go, oh, Our lives are pretty great. I love you so much. Like that's literally like those are the things yeah. it's a movie that's about happiness and the happiness that exists in our own little pocket universes. Like that's it's the best you can do, man. Yeah. Well, I think it runs in that it's a wonderful life field where it's there are sometimes we don't need a movie to scare us or blow our hair back or like sometimes we just need to be told it's it's going to be OK. And I think this movie is just it's just a lovely I mean, it. I mean, that's the only word I kept coming back to is like it's just a beautiful it's film. lovely and everything. And this is probably my favorite movie of of Curtis's by a mile. Yeah, I agree. It's just. It's all the shit that he does really well, but instead of taking out the weird, wait, is that guy trying to fuck his newly married wife's or friend's wife like with yep. cue cards? Mm -hmm. That's strange. And then you just throw in time travel, and you're like, oh, well, it's already weird. Like, okay, let's let's get weird. Let's do that. Let's do it. So it's, I don't know, man. It's, this movie to me, it's, it's just, you know. It's just beautiful, man. That's all. We could, it's, it's a fucking, it's a five-star chef's it's kiss. A chef's I fucking kiss. love this movie. Because it makes me feel happy. It makes me want to hug my loved ones. It makes me want to ponder the revenge that his daughter will take with her time-traveling ability. <laughs> oh, but man. I don't know, if man. Uh, all daughters, the lineage ends. Oh, well, no, because he'd just go back and change a couple sperm. Then he wouldn't be so precious about needing his daughter as his sister sits in the ER, would he? He's like, no! Oh! There's one thing we know about British people. They like to colonize. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure they're coming <laughs> that's it guys um hey man my new year's resolution is just to yeah hug my family more and watch about time because that is awesome Same. i hope you guys enjoyed the movie as much as we did uh the next movie the pod needs to quit doing drugs and so we're gonna watch requiem for a dream because <laughs> if you can watch requiem for a dream and immediately do drugs again God, you are a stronger person than I. That is a horrifying. Oh, if you do that again, you got problems. I, I'm, I'll, I'll pay for it. Check into a clinic. Jesus. It was weird when that movie came out because I was in college and dabbling a bit, and I saw that movie, and I didn't even have a beer for like a month. I was like, Good lord. <laughs>
So, uh, yeah, the pod's New Year's resolution next. Requiem for a dream. Some other, uh, we're try we're still working on our guest host schedule, so we'll let you know when we have those up. Again, please leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, Film Alchemist, for some cool projects over there. Find us on all your socials. Email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com to let us know movies you would like to hear on the show, man. Or just about the horrifying ramifications of this man having too much power. Uh, also, on all our socials, find a link to our Public account where you can get sweet film alchemist gear. Please. Uh, that's it, man. 2021 is kicking ass so far movie-wise. For the film alchemist, I'm Josh Griffin. I am Alex Dean.